Hello, my name is Levi, and this is the Wax Poetic Podcast. Welcome. Today, we have Becca back as co-host. Hi, everyone. Uh, and the guest today is Mike, and we're going to be talking about... Uh, Radiohead's The Bends. I know you are into Radiohead. Is this your favorite album of theirs? It is not. It is my third or fourth favorite of theirs. Oh. Oh, why'd you pick? Well, I like In Rainbows and Kid A more. I think they're better albums, more interesting albums. But this one's been adjacent to a lot of events in my life through, from being in my car a lot. So it just has more life significance. Okay, so what did you think of it when you first heard it? Did you hear this when it came out, or how did it come to No, you? Uh, what happened was around 2009, I got a new car, and this is just after um, transitioning jobs. Like 2009 was a, you have certain years in your life where a lot of things kind of change, or you can kind of note a kind of turning point. And that's when I moved to a different part of town. I had a new job, I had a new car. I dated two people in the same year, which was big for me. Ooh. I was also going into looking for new music because I'd be listening to the same music, you know, from high school and through college and all your Alice in Chains and your Metallica and things like that. And I was like, let's find some some new music with air quotes. So I was just browsing around at Waterloo, I think, in their used CD section because I was still not very rich out of college. And I knew Radiohead was a big deal. I was like, well, I'll just grab this one. And so it and maybe five other albums went into regular rotation in my car around that same time. So what was it about this one? What? Did you have a specific memory on this album or what was it? Yeah, it, it I found it very easy to listen to. I like most of Radiohead's discography, but this one uh, is before they went heavier into synthesizers or distortion or things like that. So it's not as straightforward as Pablo Honey, but it's still pretty straightforward to listen to. I really enjoy just having it on the background because it's the kind of thing where even with as many tracks as it is, I just have it on and have it repeat and it's still just as enjoyable to listen to when it starts over again. Yeah, so it happened it, to be around a lot. Yeah, yeah, it, it just zooms by. It's like forty-five minutes or whatever, but it just it, it feels quick, right? But the whole album has like this that '90s vibe, I guess, to it. Yeah, but it 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 has a little bit more to it. It's it's got the grungy bits, but there's there's more. Yeah, you can start to feel their transition to where they go. OK Computer was such a huge departure from their first two albums, but you can see some of the genesis of that in this one. But in my case, it just it happened to stay in my car CD player all the time. And one of the earliest times that it kind of stood out for me was I was sitting in a church parking lot on South Congress, the one that's right there by Home Slice Pizza, oh, uh, with yes. a girl I've been dating for like two weeks. We were in that car a long time talking and doing some making out like the kids do. In front and, of the church, like the kids do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a religious person, but I was still like, should I be doing this? Wait, was this in the middle of the day or at night? Uh, this is like evening, like, yeah, twilight oh, okay. time. Okay, okay, good. It, was it wasn't Sunday at noon. Or yeah, anything. Sunday service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we were there a long time, and that album must have repeated like three or four times. And the car wasn't fully on, it was in that kind of idle spot where you still draw power. Mm -hmm. And we used enough power that my engine just died oh, while we're sitting listening to that album oh, sitting wow. there in that parking lot. And I was like, wow, we've been here a while, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so you said that you were dating two people. So whenever you hear this album, do you think of both of them or is just a, just one person that sticks out? 
That memory in particular sticks out because, yeah, it was the time when I was listening to the most while it was still kind of new to me. After we broke up, like that summer, she uh, one time called me and kind of like tried to convince me to stick with it or whatever. And she specifically quoted how much she liked the way I sang the song Bulletproof from this album. Really? <laughs> and I was uh-huh. like, <laughs> So that stood out. And so I actually stopped listening to it for a while because of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no. Tainted, tainted the memory of it all. Yeah, it made its return later, though, because I put it back in my rotation after a while. But maybe a year or so later, my car was burgled and all of my CDs were stolen, except for the bins, because it was in my player at the time. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) So for like the next five months, I was just listening to the bins again. (laughs) And since then, because I no longer have a case for it. It's my, you know, floating album. So if I put something else in and then take it back out, there's a good chance the bands is going right back in the player. Okay. Oh, wait, Becca, have you ever had your car broken into? Because it seems doing this, everybody has almost, almost everybody has had a car getting broken into story. No. No. Well. I have. I've had my house broken into, but thank God, not my car. They didn't steal your <laughs> CDs when they broke in? Well, at the time... I, this is my first car that has a CD player. I used to have tapes. Yes. <laughs> Good old cassettes. Making yeah, mixtapes. I, I still I still have them. So you can only play them so much and then they're just done. Which is yeah. really sad. Like who invented that? <laughs> well, they didn't have anything else. <laughs> it must have been a well, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but no, a whole, nope. I've never had my car broken into. Okay. Well, that's lucky. <laughs> lucky me. I assume Levi has. Yeah, have you? I've had my whole car stereo stolen out of my car. What? Yeah, just like... Who would do that? I don't know. Somebody who wanted a car stereo. (laughs) Checks out. Was it a nice stereo? Um, I don't know. It was like 50 bucks at Walmart, probably. Wait, are you guys not not locking your cars or is someone breaking the window? Well, my car, I just left the windows down in the park. Yeah, very smart. (laughs) I don't know about Mike's car. Was your window smashed open, Mike? No, it was baffling because I always lock it when I leave because it's so easy. It's just muscle memory. But I was I was investigating the scene of the crime and I was like, there's nothing going on here. Did I just? Is someone walking up my driveway? Because this is a house with a driveway that's at like a 45 degree angle. Uh-huh. So are they walking up and just checking cars in the neighborhood each night to see if they happen to be unlocked? I just imagine you in a suit with like gloves investigating your car. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> One <What's> morning. <laughs> magnifying glass. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mike. So what's your favorite song on this album? Probably Bulletproof. Um, I think the best song on the album is Just. I think it's it's the strongest. It's got a cool music video. I like Bulletproof because of how enjoyable it is to sing. And I also like Black Star a lot. Well, for just yeah, I did like that one, but that one, that one felt kind of out of place to me for some reason. I, I oh, like know. it's interrupting the rest of the album or something. Well, it it seemed like it should have been on the earlier album. It should have mm-hmm. been on Pablo Honey because it felt more like a rock song. Mm-hmm. But that one is about, I guess, <laughs> I guess Tom York had like a narcissistic friend that was always doing shit and just like, well, that's what you get. <laughs> I hate being like an I told you so kind of person, but I think everybody's got that one friend that you're just like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you can't convince them otherwise. Yeah, they're just going to do what they're going to do. And mm-hmm. you can try to give advice, but they're just like, mm, that's cool, dude. Yeah, I often feel like when I do look at the uh, lyrics to his albums, he is often taking the piss out of someone in particular. Like, I'm going to make a point about this person or thought or concept. Yeah, 
Well, for Nice Dream, I think it's just about a dream. I couldn't make sense of the lyrics on that song at all. It's a nice song, but it just felt like maybe he was just talking about a dream. Well, here's what I was going to ask both of you. Outside of the lyrics, like not looking them up at all, mm-hmm. what is the kind of feeling or emotional response you have to the album as a whole? It's really weird. I couldn't stop thinking about the movie Fear. <laughs> the entire... With, With the guy know, slapping his chest? Yes, Reese okay. Witherspoon, Mark Wahlberg. That's all I could think about. Like I went on my walk and listened to the whole album. And that's the only thing I could think about. Being, <laughs> I don't know why. I, <laughs> that was it. Was just giving me those like vibe. I don't know. I was taken back to the '90s with a stalker who was happened to be yeah. Mark Wahlberg. Is that strange? <laughs> Is anything from this album on the soundtrack? I'm no, wondering I, that too. I checked. I checked. It's not. It's not. Okay. I thought that as well. I don't know. That was the, and then I just couldn't get out of that mindset. So I felt cool walking around, you know, mm-hmm. feeling a little scared, looking over my shoulder. <laughs> you felt cool feeling scared? <laughs> okay, you tell me. Now, every person that watched that movie, you wanted to be Reese Witherspoon for like the first half. And then the second, it was like, okay, Mark, you took it too far. You know what I'm saying? Like in the first, part of it i, I wanted to you haven't seen this movie i do not know what you're talking about i i, I have it. seen it but it's been a long time okay well I, i'm not gonna i know you don't like spoilers so i'm not gonna say anything but watch it tonight and maybe you'll understand okay <laughs> <laughs> new appreciation for this album i listened to for 12 years <laughs> <laughs> the horrible movie fear <laughs> You're not going to like the movie. <laughs> it's going to be one of those things like the Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd where you like sync it up. Mm-hmm. In the okay, I'm going to exactly. try that with... Uh, <laughs> Play them both at the same time. Peter and Radiohead. <laughs> Levi? This did kind of take me into the 90s. I, I'd never listened to Radiohead. I still kind of don't. I, I was familiar with them. I, I do have In Rainbows, but the sound, everything about it is very 90s to me. So I feel it and I get it. And, you know, it, it felt really familiar to me. So I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. So mm. it, it was a nice nostalgic feeling, I guess, <laughs> for something that I didn't really know at the time. Yeah, it's interesting that you both so strongly associated with the 90s. <laughs> uh, I could I hear the 90s sound, but I guess I just listened to it long enough that it's independent of that for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it the feeling the album's had for me kind of changes where I am in life or what's going on. I used to enjoy it just as a like driving around album. Like it was just it's very easy listening for that. I felt like spending time Saturday afternoon driving somewhere or something like that. Yeah. But as my life has gone on, I, I've kind of I feel like there's a lots of difficult feelings about relationships in a lot of the tracks, some more overt than others. And then a lot of that I think is meaning I've assigned to it over time. And so that's what I was curious about to see if either of you felt that anything beyond the 90s aesthetic. Well, I don't think I've heard this album before. I realize I have heard High and Dry. I, I do mm-hmm. recall under- knowing that one. And that was my favorite song, High and Dry. Got a little emotional on my walk. Really channeled my Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> <laughs> Your inner Reese. <laughs> my inner Reese. <laughs> yeah, I think that's... T- that's probably, it's got to be one of the radio singles from the album for sure. Probably the most notable song. Yeah. And I did see something where he said that he actually didn't want to put that song on the album. Hmm. He was actually pressured into putting it out there. So he included, they included it. So yeah, it's about motorcycles. So <laughs> I know it's not just about motorcycles, but yeah, I often don't like looking up the lyrics to Radiohead songs because 
he's often difficult to understand anyway. And I think it's more interesting seeing the meaning that I take of it. Mm-hmm. Cause then I'll look it up. I'm like, Oh, okay. He's talking about this person in particular. And I'm like, Oh, I get it. And it, it subtracts some of the magic for me. Yeah. Sometimes the lyrics you heard in your head are just kind of broad. <laughs> and then when it gets specific, it's like, Oh, I like my version better. <laughs> You're talking about how the uh, stuff changes over time. I guess the song bones is about getting old, getting older, or feeling negative about getting older. But how, how do you feel about getting old, Mike? Is that something you're cool with? Uh, I, I can't help it, so. <laughs> you could, you could. Yeah, it's easy to make jokes about. <laughs> Until it happens. A lot of people I interact with tend to be younger. To me, it's kind of an entropy thing. Like, you're heading towards it. I, I don't put a lot of effort into fighting it. How do you see yourself in 40 years? What are you doing? Are you going to be that fun old guy at the, at the end of the block that's yelling at the kids? Or That's not going to be Mike. Yeah, mm-hmm. I either want to be the uh, crazy haunted house guy or the actual warlock house guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that haunted house plan. Yeah, actually. do the haunted house one. You'll be sweet, though. You'll come out in your little hand-knitted vest that your <laughs> your wife made you, and it's got pumpkins on it. You know, you've made little <laughs> treat bags for everyone, has their names on it. But, the, but you'll act like you're. it's haunted inside, but it's not really. That's what it's going to be. Either that, or I'm just going to be roving the wasteland, making armor for everyone. Or that. That's always an option. I mean, <laughs> we might be close to that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> 40 that years. might be more the reality here. <laughs> how do you see yourself, Becca? Oh, in 40 years? Mm-hmm. God, it's a big one. I feel like I'm at my third job interview today. <laughs> in 40 years, I see my, how old will I be? Hold on. Wait, math. are you doing the math? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> are you going to share this with the listeners? It's 70. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can't think. I think I want to be like a little old grandma that makes every grandchild their favorite dessert. So she stays up all night making six different desserts. You know what I'm saying? Six different pies. Yeah, different pies, homemade donuts. That's how my friend's grandma was. And she always sticks out to me. She'd stay up till 4 a.m. making donuts cookies and anything you ever wanted she just stay up all night making it and that brought her joy i think that's gonna be me hopefully we'll see or i don't know could be like but that's probably it that's probably gonna be me (laughs) i could be dead you know what i'm saying we could all be working for mike at his uh land smithery that could be it Mm -hmm. on the surface of mars fun Sign me up. Is that a good pay? Yeah. What do we get paid in, Mike, at your yeah. Wasteland smith- Smithy? Uh, I protect you and help you. We work together to survive bandit raids, basically. We're okay. Team. Okay. All right. All right. So what you get out of it is not being on the other side of the wall. Cool. I get you. So we're like that community on Mad Max where you just all hang out and mm-hmm. get a wall protected by fire and stuff. Yeah. And the, and the Thunderdome and everything. Okay. But, all right. I mean, there's some pluses and minuses there, but all right. Yeah, I'll have to think about it. My cute, cozy grandma life or this one? I'll get back to you. Well, I don't think anybody chooses the Mad Max life. I think it's uh, you just got to make your, the best of mm-hmm. it. <laughs> if the grandma thing doesn't work out, then <laughs> you get to live in the wasteland. Speaking of working together, the bins, Tom York says it's knowing who your real friends are and who is going to come to your gigs. So I, I know doing improv with both of you guys, social currency... It was kind of valuable to like ask your friends, hey, I got a show. Are you, you going to come out? You know, they all said, yeah, sure. But did they show up? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did y'all feel that, that same way about that? Uh, I guess that uh, Wednesday 10 p.m. show is a little hard to get people to come to. 
<laughs> to get some votes to win the throwdown. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I was so timid about inviting people. I rarely did, honestly. It's just like two best friends, and that was about it, and they usually showed up. Yeah, I didn't immediately invite people to improv shows. I'm like, well, they got other stuff going on. I'll save it till I really need it. Right. What about you, Mike? Or was it something that you're like, I'm not telling people I'm doing this? I had enough friends that I knew had young children or difficult to get coverage for the night. So I I tend to invite the same three people, but they came out pretty regularly. They were instrumental to our victories. Uh The listeners that aren't aware, we were in a improv contest where the uh, winner of the night was determined by audience votes. Mm -hmm. So uh, Victoria's entire family. Do you guys remember that? (laughs) Oh, I know, right? (laughs) We should write them all thank you cards. (laughs) And they were like from Dallas, weren't they? Yeah, what was up with that? That's some... (laughs) That's that's some like support. Definitely. I don't even think I don't even think my family would come to my funeral. Honestly, if it was in a different <laughs> state, they'd be like, "We're busy." Okay. <laughs> send send me some pictures. Yeah, <laughs> I'll look it up on Facebook. Yeah, tag me in the picture and I'll yeah. like it. <laughs> it was awkward when we were in the middle of a skit. And you look over and see your family in the front row, and you're like. <laughs> where's the sketch going <laughs> yeah <laughs> well yeah none of my family lived in austin so uh, no one ever none of them saw me do improv which might be for the best yeah no i think my family all lives in a different state too and it was graduation number one and they happened to be in town for my actual other thing that was going on and i regretted inviting them because it's the first show ever and it's kind of uncomfortable <laughs> And I remember I could just see my mom, just like their faces perfectly. I thought like the lights would black it out or something, but I was just like (laughs) terrified. We didn't take, no, we didn't take class one together. None of us did. No, did not. Did you guys' first show go well? My first improv show? Mm -hmm. I felt good about it. (laughs) I don't know how everybody else felt, but I felt good with it. I think ours felt like a first show. We always got better over time. Like you get that group unity mm-hmm. and we realized pretty quickly how important it was to spend time outside of class. And we we did not do that level one. Yeah. I think we did that zero times level one. Josh was trying so hard though. He'd be like, there's a bar down the street. And we're all like a little <laughs> like, do we go or do we not? Like, what do we talk about? Like, <laughs> but right when we all got together, it was that level. Was that two? Three, two. 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 We were just... You, you and me, at least. Yeah. We were out all the time. Couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. That's where we got good. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we bonded pretty well. Mm-hmm. Just doing random junk. And I liked how we all stayed together the entire time. Like, that's pretty magical. And everyone else pointed that out, Aww. which was pretty cool. Just a family. A couple of hoots. <laughs> <laughs> it was always interesting when we invited people to shows and they tell us afterwards that our group is the best one. And I'm like, I don't know if I can yeah. believe you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do y'all... I'm not good at getting a compliment. So when somebody would say something like that to me, I'd be like, hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, that would be my response. Yeah. Thanks. I don't know. I don't tend to take them very well either. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think of them as like farts. Just, what? <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I don't do that. <laughs> I just like pretend it didn't happen and move on. Oh, uh, okay. Like, mm. All right. I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> and they'll be like, what? And I'm like, gotta go. I get real uncomfortable. <laughs> it's not just me. <laughs> Why are we like that? What is up with that? I'm working on just saying thank you. I appreciate it. I I don't know. I don't know why we're like that. 
are we broken for thinking that way? <laughs> or is it a confidence thing? Is it that we feel like vain if we accept the con- like? What is it? I can't figure it out. My thought tends to be they're just saying that to be nice, or that they feel it's situationally appropriate to say this to me. Oh, so yours is like a trust issue. Oh, it also has a flip side of that. I'm bad at giving compliments because I worry I will sound disingenuous. Oh. Or maybe they think since they're in a conversation with you, they better compliment you. They f- they might feel trapped into saying something nice to you. Mm-hmm. It might be because my darling mom over compliments. She compliments strangers out of nowhere. And I was always really embarrassed by that as a kid. Oh, yes. <laughs> so maybe that's where it comes from. What would be an example? Oh, it's like greet, like she'd compliment the waiter or something. Yeah, she'd be in line at the supermarket and look over at something someone was wearing and complimented it. Oh, yeah. Just get into a 10 minute conversation about their sweater. Yeah, mm-hmm. She's adorable and extremely gregarious. Uh, and as an introverted child, I was like, no. <laughs> Stop, mom. <laughs> yeah. I know the type. Hey, it's me. I'm interrupting the show for a moment to ask that if you have been listening and enjoy what's going on to leave a rating on Apple Podcasts or even just share an episode on social media, any ratings and mentions are greatly appreciated. The podcast has been steadily growing, and I've been having a lot of fun interviewing people and hearing what they have to say about music and everything. So seeing that there are people that are into the show just makes it so much easier and enjoyable to put all the work of researching, recording, and editing into it. Uh, I'm going to put all the links to all this in the show notes just to make it easier on you. Okay, now back to it. The song Iron Lung... It's a song that they wrote about Creep from their first album, Mm -hmm. which is kind of interesting because it's basically like, yeah, thank you for liking our song. We we thank you for liking our song, but please stop liking it at the same time. I I don't know. It feels like maybe they're not sure how to take a compliment, but I, I think there might be more to it than that. Yeah, and it also has that... I'm not a big fan of how it ends when it goes to the, the, the yelling part about head shrinkers and, and all that. It may be because that song was in rock band and that part was just miserable to sing. <laughs> okay. It just couldn't detect the notes for anything. Maybe during that part, they're kind of voicing their frustration at everyone telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. Possibly so. But I mean, how, how do you follow success though? Puts you in a weird spot, I'm sure. I think it's especially interesting because Creep being a kind of saddish song I feel a lot of the songs on this album have melancholy to them and it's strange they didn't just go into a harder direction if they're trying to get away from creep and in some ways they embrace a kind of you know more more heartfelt side of themselves I I hear the songs as melancholy I don't know if you guys do as well but I definitely hear them struggling with feelings and not quite sure how they want to act with with these situations they're in I definitely hear that well even with the song bulletproof as well he's talking about being vulnerable mm-hmm. and just or trying to be vulnerable which can be difficult i don't know why you'd want to be that <laughs> but sure well like throughout the album there's lines where they talk about um in the bends he's talking about uh being alone on an airplane falling asleep against a window pane and i'm like that's a quiet solitary moment where you're just reflecting mm-hmm. and a lot of the album feels like that yeah i get that there's a lot of introspection on this album. There's a lot of introspection and songs about, I guess, mental illness, especially the last two songs, Black Star and, and Sulk. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the last two, but <laughs> Black Star and Sulk, I guess. 
or no yeah. soul and, and, f- and street spirit yeah free spirit fade out uh street spirit was one that i thought was a very sad song like i thought it was a song about giving up you know mm-hmm. fading out allowing yourself to fade out except in this case i did look at the lyrics and that last line of immerse yourself in love in that way it's kind of shouted out there it changed my entire perception of the song like maybe he was giving up maybe he was giving up and embracing help from people instead of the isolation he kind of feels the rest of the, the album yeah, uh, Street Spirit actually was one of my favorites from the album. That one in Iron Lung. But yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like Street Spirit. It's fun to sing. It's got those long-held notes. It's a good car album. Good car album. You sing oh. it in the car? Mm-hmm. For a long time now. You going to get the lyrics tattooed on your body? No. Is that common? Do you have any? Tattoos of lyrics? Mm-hmm. Or tattoos in general? Well, no, for me, either case. But... <laughs> <laughs> just answer the question, Levi. <laughs> I feel like people do that. Yeah. With their favorite lyric or something, you know? My friend's got a lot of John Mayer lyrics on her, so. Wow, it just says, your body is a wonderland on her arm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, is that literally the lyric? Is that what the one that they actually put? Oh, goodness. I honestly can't remember. What's okay. the, what's the with, like, changing the world one? Waiting on the world to change. Wait, no, I think I think she has something like that on like her forearm or something. It's like really long. Like it looks like someone like, like a couple oh, lines. It's, it's the whole song. <laughs> it's the whole <laughs> whole song. <laughs> yeah, I'm not big on words as tattoos. I don't know why. I'm never really impressed when someone has a line or a word tattooed on them. What, what was that one movie where they had dude and sweet on on their backs? With Ashton Kutcher? Yeah. Was it that dude, dude where's my car? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't know. I, see, I've or seen just... a lot of movies, just not fear. <laughs> dude, you got to get on that right tonight. I think it's on Amazon Prime to get the <laughs> subscription. It's so good. I, I am going to watch that tonight, actually. <laughs> I, I, can we all watch it? Because I actually want to watch it, too, after listening <laughs> to the album today. It's scary. It's a thriller. It's romantic. I'm down with that. I'm down with Everything. watching fear after this. <laughs> Okay, all right. (laughs) And Mark Wahlberg. Mm. Speaking of like a psycho, I don't know if it's a psycho, but the song Sulk, I I really got into this one. I did a lot of reading up on this one, but it was about this like guy in the 80s in England. He just like went on a killing spree and he killed some woman in a park next to her kids. And then he just started walking through town, just shooting people. And he killed like, 17 or 18 people and injured a whole lot of other people the following year like the the british government put out their like firearm act <laughs> where they like limited you know the firearms people could have and the uh, all that sort of stuff which is interesting because it just took one incident like that for changes to be made but over here Amer- america yeah <laughs> follow their lead well and a similar thing also happened in australia there was I think it was in the 90s for that one. I don't know as much as that about that one, but there was an incident, a shooting. I don't think it was as many people as 17, in it, but it was still something that kind of shook it up and prompted a lot of changes like immediately. So it must be nice having a government that hops on their shit and gets Here's your done. topical content, Levi. <laughs> Oof. Oh, there we go. All right. So it's interesting <laughs> you say that because uh, I have on my notes for Sulk, I think this is one of the most forgettable songs on the album. Mm. Like it, it doesn't stand out to me, and it's very interesting that it, it stood out so much to you. 
Well, yeah, I don't know why it just did. It was uh, it was interesting, but I mean, I thought more about how like people just kind of get numb to tragedies and stuff when we see like shootings and stuff here. Just like oh, there's another one, there's another one today. You know, it's like a daily occurrence here. Well, it sure. was uh, since the pandemic hit. I guess the pandemic fixed that. Well, it makes me want to listen to it again, knowing that I didn't know that context. Uh, what are your thoughts on fake plastic trees? I don't have many thoughts on that one. I did like it. I've heard bands, this is from early 90s, but I've heard bands within the past five years with this exact sound. Mm. So I don't know. Maybe it's a timeless song. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I, could, I can't contextualize it better. Uh, yeah, it's a song where I really hate the first 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Every time it comes on, I start to reach for the next track button. But if I get past that, then I like it just fine. Like when the band comes in, it's fine. But the beginning of it, when it's just Tom singing, I'm like, oh, this is such a kind of try hard kind of song. Like something about it just bothers me. But then I, I get to the rest of it and I think, oh, no, this is a, this is quality. But I was asking that because I don't know if this song is popular in karaoke because we had a singing game on Xbox 10 years ago. And this was the Radiohead song on it. Do people like singing fake plastic trees? I don't know. You know, before the pandemic, I would go to karaoke at least once a week, a lot of times twice a week. And Creep was the song you heard almost every night that I was there. It was probably every night that I wasn't there as well, but it was a constant. Just on your night. Yeah, because you're the one singing it. (laughs) No. (laughs) I've never seen it. Cue it up. (laughs) Yep. All right, he's going to do Creep again. Great. <laughs> Glad he's here. <laughs> Bring down the mood. <laughs> I do get what you were saying, though. Like, there's a couple of songs, like Bones. Like, the first couple of seconds, it sounds like, oh, yeah, it's just going to be your typical old-school grunge song. But then it changes, mm-hmm. and there's something more to it. So, yeah, I I, I do I get do get that intro worry there. The other song that has an interesting uh, introduction is Black Star coming right after Bulletproof fades in like they know that the song before it was a quieter song and they need to bring you back into what the rest of the album sounds like. I can see that. Yeah, this song, this album does have a good flow to it. Like I said earlier, it's 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 <laughs> I, that, that was my point. It's easy yeah. to listen to. I just put it's it easy on to listen and let to. it repeat. Just yeah. let it repeat. And it just flows so fast. Like 45 minutes went by. I didn't even think about it. It yeah, it just pass the time quickly. It's not as, as interesting or compelling as some of the other work, but it's good for your car. Yeah, definitely. All right, Mike, we're gonna play a game now. Oh, I don't have a a name of this game, but I'm gonna read some words to you, and you're gonna have to tell me if these are real lyrics or stuff that I made up. Oh no, <laughs> this is really hard with Radiohead. My fake lyrics are kind of fashioned after words in actual songs. I might, may or may not sing it like, or even say it like it is in the, uh, in the song. But in any case, here's the first one. It's my cars, blinkers. There's so much here for everyone. My rotten eyes lead me nowhere. Wow. If you wrote that, that's great. <laughs> I almost say that's a Levi line. That is correct. Wow. Um, I took that from My Iron Lung. The real lyrics were The Head Shrinkers, They Want Me, My Everything, My Uncle Bill, My Belisha Beacon. 
I had to look up what a Belisha beacon is. <laughs> that's no the part idea. that's so hard in rock band. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, that's the part. All right. Uh, here's the next one now. Now I can't climb the stairs. Pieces missing everywhere. Prozac, painkillers. I think that's right ahead. That is correct. It's from Bones. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Two point, one point for you. Oh, two points. Okay, here's the next one. So, pay me money and take a shot. Lead, fill the hole in me. That's from Bulletproof. That is from Bulletproof. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> this is a fun game. <laughs> right, here's the next one. The people on the shore look on in awe and they ask, how? Ooh, that's super tough. I'm going to say Levi. Uh, it is me again. Wow. That <laughs> <laughs> was from the bins. The real words were the planet is a gunboat in a sea of fear. And where are you? See, if you had done that line, I'd be like, oh, that's a Levi line too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the last one now. All your insides fall to pieces. You just sit there wishing you could still make love. That's from High and Dry. That's from High and Dry, yes. Yes. Perfect score, Mike. You did it. You won. You won the Radiohead Medal of Honor. That was good. Your uh, lines were fantastic. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You got to give a name to that game, man. Well, y'all can name it if y'all want, but... Becca, what's the name? Lyric or Just My Diary? (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You know what? I love that. I love it. I love it. And and that's what's happening. First response, perfect. <laughs> Mike, thank you for playing Lyric or Just My Diary. Of course, anytime. Mike, can you like sing your favorite line from the whole album? It would be from Bulletproof, but I can only hit the high note like a quarter of the time and don't feel confident going for it. No worries. My, my other favorite um, is in Black Star, and I'll give that a go. It's got a pause in the center, uh, so when there's dead time, you'll know why. So it goes... I get on the train and I just stand about now that I don't think of you. I keep falling over, I keep passing out when I see a face like you. What am I gonna do? And then the next line is a Tom York line. I can't tell what he's saying. Okay. I think he's saying I just don't know anymore or something like that. But in that song, I like when it goes to that kind of quieter moment, and especially with a quieter bass line right during that pause. And it's just, I think it's amazing. That was great. Thank you, Mike. Of course. Beautiful. I loved it. Uh, is there anything else you want to add or anything else you wanted to talk about on this album, Mike? No, I'm curious to see where it takes me the next 12 years, assuming my next car has a CD player in it. <laughs> in the next 40 years, Mike. Oh, um, that's yeah. That's where we're at, next 40. <laughs> when you're when you're working the smithy at the uh, wasteland smithy, <laughs> you'll have, have a Radiohead playing <laughs> while you work. A complicated series of pipes that kind of make a steam <laughs> organ sound for my iron lung. There you go. All right. Well, um, I, I think that's it. Becca, do you got anything that you're doing? Nope. Just nope. Living at my mom's. <laughs> <laughs> And now we're about to watch Fear, right? Yeah, let's uh, watch Fear. Okay, and we'll, yeah. we'll text the whole time. Yeah, I'm down watching Fear. All right, well, thanks, Mike, for coming on and talking and 
it was fun. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. No problem. All right. Well, um, y'all have a good night then. You don't want to just stay on as we put the movie on? Well, yeah, but I was ending this. That's why I was, <laughs> that's why I was saying good night. We can, we can oh, still be on. Good, good evening. Do we need to do a new take of that? A new take? <laughs> no, no, we're, we're going to leave it. We'll just leave it. I'll understand it. So please check us out every other Monday and follow along on Facebook at Wax Poetic Podcast and also on Instagram at Wax Poetic Podcast and of course on Twitter at Wax Poetic Pod. One time I walked, I, I was at school it was a community college that I was at. I went out to the parking lot to get my car to leave, blah, 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 whatever. And, you know, put the key in the, in the door, unlocked it, sat in it. And I was like, huh, this looks weird. What, where is this glass from? Where is this from? What is this? I looked around. I started the car and I was like, huh, this just like the car interior of the car looked weird to me. Uh, I started it and I realized this is not my car. And I got out and my car was actually like two rows over. But for some reason, I mean, I saw this one first. It looked just like my car because my car is pretty <laughs> shitty. And it had like the the little gas cap cover. It was broken off. So Master it was like open. This, guy. this car also had that. That's that's what I noticed. It's like, oh, there's my car with the missing gas cover. You just sat in someone's car. <laughs> I, started, I started the car. Oh, I, I unlocked the door and started the car. Yeah. So I think there's like five keys for a vehicle and they're like, eh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> that reminds when I was like 14, I remember my mom and I were at like Walmart and I had to run in and get something and she wanted me to just hop in the car and I hopped in a car and I, and I just heard, huh? And I looked to my left and it's just some random woman. I just hopped in some like someone else's Ford Explorer that looked like my mom's. And I was like, I am so sorry. <laughs> He's like, it's okay. I got a new kid. <laughs> yeah. Let's go home. <laughs>